welcome to Career Sequel, the Return to Work podcast. If you're re-entering the workforce after a career break, you just found your one-stop shop. I'm your host, Dr. Lee Coles, industrial organizational psychologist, career strategist, and the founder of Career Sequel. Each week, I discuss strategies you can use to bridge your career gap and land flexible, meaningful work you'll love. My mission? To help you find a job that fits your life. Hello, everyone. It is great to be here with you today on Career Sequel, the Return to Work podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Lee Coles, and today I'm going to talk to you about something that affects over 65% of the professional population. It sounds something like this. Any minute now, someone will figure out that I don't know what I'm doing. Or sometimes it sounds like this. It's just luck. I was in the right place at the right time. I'm talking about imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome is the feeling that we haven't earned our accomplishments or that our ideas and skills aren't worthy of others' attention. It can come with an unwarranted sense of insecurity and the feeling that you're a fraud when, and here's the key, when all evidence points to the opposite. Imposter syndrome can keep us from growing, learning, and achieving, and it can keep us from living our life and enjoying our accomplishments. It affects our careers and so much more. The problem with imposter syndrome is so often we don't know that we have it. We just think that the limiting thoughts that we believe about ourselves are true. This episode is going to shed light on imposter syndrome, what it is, how you get it, what happens when you have it. And by the end of our time together, you're going to know whether or not you have imposter syndrome. And if you do, I'm going to give you actionable strategies for beating it. Because what I want for you is to stop doubting your strengths and your skills and your accomplishments. I want you to be to I want you to be able to step up into your career potential. Are you ready? Let's do this. Imposter syndrome was a term that was first coined by psychologists Pauline Clance and Suzanne Imes in 1978. They were conducting research studies with, quote, highly successful women, and they noticed that these women repeatedly downplayed their accomplishments. They believed they were unworthy of their achievements and they were unworthy of other people's positive perceptions. They had this persistent self-doubt and anxiety about being exposed as a fraud, an imposter. Now, before you get freaked out, you should know that imposter syndrome is not a medical diagnosis. It's not a disease or an abnormality. Imposter syndrome isn't listed in the DSM-5, that's the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, otherwise known as the Bible of the American Psychiatric Association. It's not even necessarily tied to depression or anxiety or even self-esteem. Imposter syndrome exists in the thoughts that we circulate in our heads. And this to me is great news because we get to choose what thoughts we want to think. No one picks our thoughts but us. 
This means that to get over imposter syndrome, we don't need medicine or surgery. We're not born with it, and we're not stuck with it either. It's all about the type of words that we repeat to ourselves. So who's at risk for imposter syndrome? Interestingly, high achievers are often susceptible to it. People who are highly skilled or accomplished tend to think that other people are just as skilled, and this can spiral into feelings that they don't deserve accolades or opportunities over other people. And there's often no threshold of accomplishments that can put those feelings to rest. It's also so often the case that really smart people are acutely aware of how much they don't know. Okay, I'll give you an example. What famous person said this? Okay, here's the quote. I feel compelled to think of myself as an involuntary swindler. Okay, I'll give you a hint. This person is someone whose superior intelligence was legendary. Okay, it was Albert Einstein. Studies on imposter syndrome revealed that it's prevalent across gender, just like poor Albert, <laughs> race and occupations, underrepresented or disadvantaged groups are also susceptible to it. Imposter syndrome gets in our way by causing us to self-sabotage every day. And this can happen in big ways or in little micro doses. Maybe we don't speak up with our great idea, or we turn down an opportunity to shine. We may withhold our opinion or play small, play safe. And sometimes when people praise us, we may say, yeah, but, and then criticize ourselves. Like I said, it doesn't matter how successful you are. As Jennifer Lopez said, quote, even though I'd sold 70 million albums, there was this feeling like I'm no good at this. Even JLo has imposter syndrome. People with imposter syndrome experience feelings of doubt and insecurity about their intelligence, and they downplay their strengths and focus on their weaknesses. They credit their past successes to luck. So here's another celebrity for you. Maya Angelou said, quote, I've run a game on everybody and they're going to find me out. You may be thinking, well, Albert Einstein and JLo and Maya Angelou, they may have had imposter syndrome, but that didn't affect their success. They're super successful. And that may be true. These three have pushed through their insecurities and were successful, but it sure affected their happiness. I mean, that quote from Einstein about being the involuntary swindler, that quote was made a month before he died after all of his accomplishments. So imposter syndrome affects your confidence. It affects the joy that you feel, and it will affect your career trajectory. Here's how. It can impede your ability to identify your own strengths, uh, impede your ability to give yourself credit for accomplishments. So you're going to look for jobs that are beneath your actual skill level. And maybe you don't believe you deserve a higher paying job. So you don't apply for that job that would be great for you. When gone unchecked, your resume isn't going to reflect the accomplishments you've made. You're going to be worrying that your boss or your coworkers is going to find out they don't really know what you're doing. And you're not going to represent yourself well in an interview because deep down, 
you don't think you're good enough for the job. So this all sounds awful. And I'm here to tell you that you don't have to worry about being a victim to imposter syndrome, because now I'm going to share the six steps you can take to kick it to the curb. Okay. So step number one, diagnose the problem. This involves identifying the thoughts that are the culprits. And now the beautiful thing with imposter syndrome is that the diagnosis is part of the cure. Learning that there's an actual term for what you are feeling is going to provide relief. So try this little exercise to determine if you have imposter syndrome. I want you to think of something that's really important to you something that you haven't been doing. And this could be a goal, an ambition, the stuff you're telling yourself to do one day or maybe someday, something that you know you'll regret if you don't do it. And then I want you to ask yourself one or both of these questions. I can't do that because, or I haven't done that yet because... And then I want you to list the answers to those questions and dig deep. List at least six or seven answers. I find that if you you really get the goods, the root of the problem by the sixth or seventh answer, and you know you've hit on it, if you look at your answer and you flinch. So let's try this together. Say you've been wanting to change careers for the longest time, but you, you can't seem to do it. When you answer the question, I can't do that because, I'm going to fast forward to the last three responses. You come up with, the timing isn't right. I'm not sure what I want to do. I don't know if I'll be good at something else. The because holds the key. The statements that are about who you are, like, I'm not sure what I want to do. I don't know if I'm going to be good at something else. Those point to imposter syndrome. The thoughts that prevent you from taking action, okay, definitely thoughts about lack of time fall into this category. So one of the thoughts you said in this example was the timing isn't right. Those are imposter syndrome thoughts. These are the thoughts that you repeat over and over that keep you stagnant. It is self-sabotage firing on autopilot. So step two is to define what these thoughts are costing you. Okay, you have them written down. What is the thought the timing isn't right costing you? It may cost you progress, forward momentum, your goals. What about the thought, I don't know if I'll be good at something else. If you have this on a loop, what does it cost you? The cost might be that you'll be stuck in a job you don't really like. This may cost you career satisfaction, career fulfillment, work-life balance. Step number three is decide what thoughts you want to feed. So the more you think these thoughts, the more you feed them. And the more you feed them, the more they will keep popping into your head. They will be your go-to thoughts. If you want to tame that inner critic, you're going to need to think differently. And this involves retraining your neuropathways to spot what you're doing well, not 
what you're doing wrong. You're going to need to retrain your thoughts. And to do this, you'll need to find a thought that you can believe. It may be too big of a jump to go from, I don't know if I'm going to be good at something else, to I'm going to find something that's perfect for me. (laughs) So try a bridge thought. You can go from, I don't know if I'll be good at something else, to I'm going to experiment and see if I'm good at something else. See, that's a thought that your brain can believe. It's a bridge in the right direction. Something that can take you a little bit closer to that ultimate thought of, I'm going to find something that's perfect for me. Practice over and over, and these new thoughts are going to forge new neuropathways. Step number four is talk about it. Imposter syndrome is exacerbated by what's known as pluralistic ignorance. And that means that we each doubt ourselves privately, but we think that we're alone in thinking that way. So if others don't voice their doubts, we continue to feel alone, like we're the only ones who question ourselves. Imposter syndrome feels lonely and scary and isolating. It's you trapped alone with these thoughts on a loop, like those not so nice thoughts. So you can break free by saying these thoughts aloud to somebody, and you're going to be surprised by other people's reactions. Hearing others discuss it, like not only your thoughts, but their thoughts, is going to increase awareness of how common these things are. It's going to alleviate your own imposter syndrome. Talking about it also helps you quit the comparison game. Comparisons are toxic because we so often contrast someone else's best with our worst. We will always be able to find others who do things better than we do. In fact, we just sometimes ignore the people who do things not as well as we do. You have no idea about the other struggles that that person may have or what they've overcome. What you see isn't the whole picture. So someone else's success shouldn't detract from your accomplishments. Step number five is own your successes. When you have imposter syndrome, you look at your own successes and you say things like this. They're a fluke. It's luck. Oh, it's great timing. Oh, it was a team effort. (laughs) I want you to own your successes and it can be easier to own your shortcomings Women especially are socialized to be modest. So I want you to write out some of the highlights that you've had in your career so far, any small or large progress that you can celebrate. And then I also want you to think, if you were your own best friend, what would you say to yourself? I want you to collect and revisit positive feedback. So along with owning successes comes reframing your mistakes. Like, what if you view them as milestones? Reframing your mistakes so that they are empowering instead of painful, that might feel like a stretch, but really, in reality, success is built on a pile of failures. And finally, step number six, consciously create your future. Most of the time, we think of what we want from a closed-down, fear-based place of, what if they find me out? I want you to change this. Let's take control. Decide who you want to be. Who are you now? And what do you want to become? 
You can seek further career development. You can take an online course, check out one of the thousands of LinkedIn learning courses. And this allows you to keep up with the latest trends. It feels good to grow in your industry. You can also seek out a mentor in person or online, but be in charge of your future. Breaking free of imposter syndrome involves a shift in your mindset. You need to acknowledge what you're thinking and feeling. And to recap, the six steps of breaking free of imposter syndrome are, number one, diagnose the problem. Two, define what these thoughts are costing you. Three, decide what thoughts you want to feed. Four, talk about it. Five, own your successes. And six, consciously create your future. Now go forth and be free. (laughs) It is normal to think these imposter syndrome thoughts, but just because you have those thoughts today doesn't mean that you have to carry them around with you tomorrow. Thank you so much for spending time with me today. And until we get together again, please take good care of yourself and know that I'm cheering you on. Hey, if you're going back to work after a career break, I have a gift to help you get started. It's my free guide, Four Simple Steps You Can Take Today to Re-Enter the Workplace. I love it because it helps you get the ball rolling in a simple, easy, manageable way. Just go to my website, careersequel.com, and click on the red box that says, Get the Four Simple Steps Now. That's careersequel.com. Get the four simple steps now. See you there.